it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. Today we are honored to have David Bell Isle, who's running for Secretary of State in Georgia, against Brad Raffensperger, who has a, uh, let's say, questionable record, uh, to say the least. Uh, welcome, David. Todd, thank you so much for having me. So before we get into the race, uh, I was reading over your background, and, and I know some people in Alpharetta who are very happy what you did with downtown, and most of our people don't know your background or may not. So give us the 30,000-foot overview of, of what you did for Alpharetta. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I will say, you know, downtown has is, is always been my passion. It's the whole reason I ever got involved in politics. And, uh, you know, the, the metro Atlanta area has been growing for some time. And my concern was that Alpharetta would kind of be swept away and kind of just a, a, a metropolitan, just gray area. And so we wanted yeah. a city that was irresistible for people so that we would have second and third generation Alpharettans. And that's really what mm -hmm. the behind downtown and uh, we're we're super excited as how it turned out and very proud of it. Yeah, it's fantastic. A lot of, you know, restaurants, bars, really interesting hotels and places to to go. So thank you for that. I, I go there often. Um, I also read you're a, a, a pilot and you practiced aviation law. Tell me, you know, I'm a former Air Force pilot myself. Oh, that seems a pretty niche law practice. I mean, what do you do in aviation law? Is it lawsuits and that kind of thing? Or, or well, what? I, I'll say this, that uh, if, if you said you're an Air Force pilot. Yeah. Back we're, in the we're day. A long, there's a long way between you and me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, just, uh, I was just a little general aviation pilot. My parents ran uh, the airport in Gainesville, Georgia. Uh, uh -huh. So I grew up uh, you know, washing planes and that sort of thing. But my dad, his company, they had a, a flight school, they had air charter, and they bought and sold, you know, small general aviation planes. Mm -hmm. uh, because of that, uh, one of the things I did in my litigation days is I joined a, 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 an aviation law uh, practice section in a firm. And uh, so for a while there, I was, uh, you know, working on those lawsuits and whether it was uh, uh, either wrongful death, because, you know, we, we represented most of the time aircraft manufacturers or the company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. in suits, but uh, so that's, that's mostly what we did. Interesting. So um, how do we get an audit in Georgia? What are your thoughts? I mean, it, the special session doesn't seem to be moving that way at all. I mean, wh where do we go? What Tell us what's wrong with Georgia and how do we fix it? Put it that way. Yeah, well, I mean, especially with respect to elections. Look, it, it, yeah, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the the Braves parade, and just bear with me for a minute. But, sure. uh, so you hit the Braves parade, and you saw these little Twitter feeds. Yeah. And on the Twitter feeds, you saw the bus driver going like thirty miles an hour, and we're thinking, why on earth this bus driver has never seen a parade? You know, nobody drives thirty miles an hour down a parade route. Right. That defeats the whole purpose. But had he driven the normal parade speed, no one would have thought two minutes about the bus driver. And that's yeah. exactly what we've got right now with the secretary of state is when he does his job right or she, you don't know who that secretary of state is. 
And you don't think, true. think about it. It's a boring job. But when it's done the way Brad Raffensperger did it recently, everybody knows his name because mm-hmm. he totally screwed it up. And and I don't like to say that, that he screwed it up without giving details because it's easy just to say, well, I'm running against him. And therefore, he's bad and, and elect yeah. me. Uh, the reason he screwed up, let me just tell you, so one of the sure. first things he did is he sent unsolicited ballot applications to 6.9 million addresses. Mm-hmm. This is on the voter rolls that have failed to have been fully cleaned and kept up. And the thing is, he sent it at $13 million of our tax money. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sent it first class mail. And wow. the reason I point out that it was first class mail is because first class mail and, and anyone in his position needs to know this, but first class mail has the unique distinction that when it arrives at an address and nobody, that person no longer lives there, then it is forwarded to the new address, which by definition, if someone voted through that application would make it an illegal vote. Even out of state, right? Yeah, or out of state, or just out of your precinct. You know, when right. you move, you are required to re-register because it affects not just statewide and national races, but everything down to your your county and your city races. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the bigger issue is not even that, as bad as that was. The bigger issue, and, and most people have kind of heard it uh, talked about as this consent decree is what people have come to call it. But essentially, yeah. the Democrat Party and two other organizations they sued the secretary of state's office on how the absentee ballots are handled. And so rather than to, 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 to face that suit and make the best case for Georgian and for elections, secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger, he gave a compromise. Now compromises are always a bad thing, but in this case, what he did, he signed that consent decree, which shifted the burden necessary to reject an invalid mail-in ballot. So mm-hmm. in times past, one person would look at a ballot, an absentee ballot, and they would decide, okay, we're going to put it in the accept pile or we're going to put it in the reject pile. But by signing this consent decree, it required all 159 counties to convene essentially a three-member panel. And that panel would then evaluate the ballot. If mm-hmm. two of the three decided that it was invalid, then they would have to notify the alleged voter within one business day by mail and by at least one other form of communication, which would be either phone or telephone, that's what it takes to reject now a, a, a mail-in ballot. Well, wow. the thing is, nobody did it. And so you went from a rejection rate average of between 2018 and 2020 of about 4.6% to 0.4%. And when you're talking about an election that was decided by about 11,600 something votes, that does have the potential. And I think in this case did change the result of that race without a single fraudulent vote. Yeah. Just by shifting that burden alone, that changed the outcome of the race. Has that been fixed? I mean, he, he usurped power from the legislature doing that, right? Uh, well, he, it, it is slightly been fixed. So with Senate Bill 202, yeah. part of that um, reasoning was through the um, the signature match. Uh-huh. So the good news about Senate Bill 202, there's some good things in there, is that it moves the, the criteria from a signature match do something much more objective, uh, although easier to duplicate, <laughs> uh, it, which is a driver's license number or photo ID number. Um, so that's that's what, what could be changed on that. Here's the here's the broad picture of really where we need to go with respect mm-hmm. to the absentee ballot, because I, I maintain and I do believe that the, the number one opportunity for fraud and for uncertainty in our elections uh, is the absentee ballot. And so I believe that voting is a right but that voting by absentee ballot is a privilege. 
right. that's privilege, it should be tightly managed. That means we need to manage it in such a way that it has the same level of identification of a voter as you do when you vote in person. We mm-hmm. need to manage it in a way that um, that, that we we don't just that we have the same. You know, we used to have one day to vote, and if you didn't vote in person, you had to you had to give a reason. And and you know, yet now we have no excuse absentee voting and 17 days across three plus weeks to vote. And I think we we have to lock that process down to make sure that we secure those elections. Uh, well said. Um, what else is wrong with Georgia elections besides that process? Well, a lot of the process on terms of, you know, these drop boxes were never a thing. And, and this, you mentioned Brad going beyond his authority a minute ago. So mm-hmm. this is, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you kind of where this came from, and then I'll tell you where we go from here. So Brad, I believe had people talking in his ear. I don't know who was talking in his ear, but he came, he understood that, okay, we've got COVID and therefore I'm going to use the emergency powers of this office <clears throat> to authorize something we've never done before, which is a Dropbox. Well, think about this. So if Dropboxes are justified by COVID, so without a Dropbox, what you would do, even in a pandemic, is you would fill out your ballot and then you'd walk to that Dropbox at the end of your driveway. We call it a mailbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Where only you and the postman t- typically are interacting with. Right. Uh, no, because of COVID, we want to create another way. So instead of that, we want you to go into a populized area. We want you to get out of your car, go where it's densely populated, and then open this this you know multi-use Dropbox by hundreds, maybe thousands of people, uh, and use that box because you know COVID, you might spread COVID. <laughs> it right. makes absolutely no sense. But here's the thing: going forward, uh, the Dropboxes have now been codified by Senate Bill 202. Uh, I, I think, okay, that's unfortunate, but it has been. But the good news is, is what it requires those drop boxes now to be inside early voting locations, which does two things. It, it, it regulates a, a more fair distribution situation because mm-hmm. those early voting offices are, are usually fairly well distributed. It also limits access to 24 hour access because those, those offices are only opened at certain hours. But right. what I would like to see us do going forward is utilize what Florida does. Florida has what I call kind of an ATM style Dropbox. So if you're going to have one, this is the way to do it. When you go to use a Dropbox in Florida, you go to the Dropbox, you put in your driver's license, and then mm. it tags the ballots that are delivered under that driver's license. So if there's a, an issue, if you got people, hey, wait a minute, there's questions to be asked or uh, there's 50 ballots because <laughs> you're only supposed yeah. to, be able to drop ballots from your immediate family. Now you have some information to go ask questions further and, and perhaps get to the bottom of, of, of intention and of intentional fraud. Do you think that uh, Raffensburger's office, which, you know, everybody knows has been, there's a lot of drama going on there, but uh, do you think they went in and altered, or at least when they went into the Fulton County ballots and, unsealed them i think it was in january at least one batch and i think they were probably Susie boyle's batch that uh, you know she gave an affidavit that she saw similar you know or counterfeit ballots in the election do you do you think that was legal i mean do, do you know what went on there do you have any i, I don't know I have enough details as to know yeah. exactly went on what i do know is that the way that the elections as a whole and especially fulton county were handled uh-huh. because there's two things here right Mm-hmm. There, you know, before when you know, I ran, I was I was Brad's original opponent in in the mm-hmm. first round with him, and in a runoff with him. 
Um, and at the time, it was just secure election. So we would talk through kind of some of the things we talked to talked about today. Mm -hmm. How do you make the absentee ballot more secure? How do you make voting in person more secure? Um, but that was really the topic. And now there is an additional topic, which is just in large, just as large and just as important. And that is voter confidence. Yeah. And the way you handle things, it's not really a question always is, well, was there fraud wasn't or wasn't there fraud? If the question is out there that, hey, you know, that doesn't make sense. This right. chain of custody, for instance, on the drop boxes, that was another big issue mm -hmm. is that there wasn't meaningful chains, a meaningful chain of custody from the from the different pickups of the ballots and bringing them back to the secretary of state's office. Oftentimes those, uh, even though they're supposed to be monitored um, and surveilled, they often weren't surveilled and certainly not consistently. And so all those things bring up questions to a reasonable voter. And here's the problem is, is so, you know, you know the, the Democrat party, the left often talk about voter suppression. Mm -hmm. but when they talk about voter suppression, they're saying, well, you're making it too difficult to vote. You have to, you're making them require a, a photo ID. Uh, or you're right. making them go to a particular poll location or, or you know, whatever. Now, to me, voter suppression is real when people don't vote in the process because they don't believe it's secure and they don't yep. believe it's going to be counted. And that's what you have represented on January 5th because of the way that November 2020 election was handled by our secretary of state. You had over 300,000 Republicans alone stay home because they did not believe the election was fair or that their vote would be securely counted and they stayed home. And so that's the danger. When you let Fulton County go unchecked, when you have, when the secretary of state's office, which they do, they know of 1700 people who double voted. That means they yeah. voted uh, by absentee. And then they also voted in person and they have not pursued either civilly or criminally, not one single voter or turned one single case over to the attorney's general office, attorney general's office to be prosecuted. Those like that is dirty. I mean, it looks like, you know, I mean, if you, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, I mean, I, I know you probably don't want to say that, but I mean, well, it's irresponsible because whether he is or he isn't, it becomes unclear. And when it's unclear, people don't yeah. vote. And yeah. that's what's really at stake. What do we do about uh, Brad is threatening to take over Fulton County elections. What do you think about that? Well, Brad, Brad is, he is, to, is he just trying to, you know, cover things up so he can keep this over here? Well, well Brad is putting a, a mouthpiece on something actually the legislature initiated. And, and mm -hmm. so he, he's, he's looking to take credit for it. But mm -hmm. the, with Senate Bill 202, one of the great things about it is it created what's called essentially a performance review process. Mm -hmm. And that process, once initiated, essentially evaluates a county and how they handle their board, uh, how, how they handle their elections. And if they have, and I don't know exactly the criteria just yet, they're still new at this, but if they have too many violations, then the state reserves the right to basically put an overseer into that county to make sure that the elections will be run secure and fairly. Mm -hmm. Now, Brad is, is giving some lip service to this, but he is not the guy who initiated the performance review. It was the state legislature, but it's important that it's done right. But the other thing is this, is that, you know, Brad came off that 2020 election and he said this was the fairest, most secure election in Georgia's history. And then most recently he says, well, Fulton County has a 20 year history of election irregularity and fraud. Right. Like, well, which is it? How can it be the fairest, most secure election? And at the same time, he's citing the history of Fulton County and election irregularities and fraud. Who would manage Fulton County? Would it be a special overseer or would it be his office or what? 
No, it would not be his office. It would be someone that the legislature would appoint and put into yeah. that position. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and, you know, and here's the thing too, I mean, cause you got Brad, but you got, you got Fulton County, which has so far been a much better, uh, much better at the game than Brad has been. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, with, with all the situations with state farm arena and all these things that have raised huge questions for most voters, uh, when their election, uh, chief chair board of elections chair resigns, they appoint Kathy Woolard. Kathy yeah. Ward, for those who don't know, is the chief lobbyist for Stacey Abrams. Yeah. And so it's really just a finger in the eye. Fulton County continues to just be defiant. And, uh, you know, hey, I understand they, they feel passionately. But at the end of the day, elections should not be a partisan issue. It just needs to be fair and secure and transparent. And that's what we agree. We'll talk about no faith. What, what did we do about Dominion machines in Georgia? So my, my position on the Dominion machines and and uh, and certainly uh, there's been a lot of commentary on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to start the question with this, and and I'll get you. So the, the the first thing is, as much heat as the Dominion machines have taken, and I'm not here to defend Dominion. Yeah. If you were to take all 1.3 million absentee ballots out of the mix for the state of Georgia, mm-hmm. Donald Trump won on the Dominion machines. I mean, yeah. he got more votes than Biden did on the Dominion machines. Now that being said. I recognize there are people that will never trust those machines. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, just as I mentioned before, we have to win back trust in the state of Georgia and trust is like, just like any other you know aspect of your life. Once you lose trust, it's hard to get it back. You have to earn it back and it takes That's time. Yeah. So I believe we do have to be aggressive in, in us earning back trust. And what I know about the Dominion machines is that we have a double digit percentage of voters who do not trust them. And so I believe we should go to handmarked paper ballots like 35 other states, including Texas, Florida, North Carolina, with electronic tabulation. All three of those states I just mentioned, plus the 32 others, are more efficient in turning their elections in terms of counting their elections. And there is an inherent trust factor that comes with making a handmarked paper ballot. Right now, when when you do your ballot marking device through Dominion, it prints that ballot and it puts a QR code on there which right. I understand, you know, the, the efficiency of that, but we have the technology for machines to read exactly what your eyes read. And so yeah. at a minimum, we need a paper ballot, especially for the audit purposes. That's not going to simply be looking at a QR code. Cause remember the purpose of that ballot that prints off on the dominion machines was so that you could visually verify that your vote is what you made it. But if the machine that's tabulating it is looking at a different set of data, which in this case yeah. is the QR code, that yeah. it really makes no sense to have that printed out there. If you've got, you've got to make it as trustworthy and as inherently understandable as possible. Well, Judge Totenberg said that in 2019. Do you see any resolution in that case coming? Or in terms of the? Well, I mean, she declared the process illegal. What was it? 30 days before the election, or something like that, in 2020, um, with the suit via voter GA. And I, I'm not. If you're not aware of that, that that's fine. But. Um, that issue is being worked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do people get in touch with you, David? I want to have you back on as we get closer, but. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, we would love for you to stay in touch with us. Um, our website is simply davidbellisle.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you can also reach us on Facebook and you know pretty much any social media platform, but David Bell Isle and Bell Isle is B-E-L-L-E-I-S-L-E. We are working hard to secure elections and to win back trust in Georgia. Thank you for your time, David.